Good afternoon. Good brunch. Good brunch. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And this is Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome, Welcome. everybody. Welcome back. I know. We're so excited to be back. The season is like going so well already. So well. I love it. I cannot believe this is season three of Nurse Coffee Talk. Which I know that like technically season one was little. Yeah, but whatever. But you know what? The first season of a lot of shows are little. That's so true. Look at The Office. It's only six episodes. Oh my God. Can we talk about the fact that Netflix took that off? I don't want to talk about it. It's too upsetting. So first of all, I like to fall asleep to shows that I've watched a billion times because my mind doesn't care about them as much. And so I can fall asleep to them. Mm -hmm. But they also have to be not annoying shows Mm -hmm. and things like that. So first... I used to fall asleep to The Big Bang Theory every night, and then they took that off, and then I switched to Friends, and I literally fell asleep to Friends every freaking day of my life, and then they took that off, Mm -hmm. and then I was like, well, I love The Office, too, so then I fell asleep to The Office every single day, and now not only have they taken that off, but they've increased the rates. (laughs) Double whammy. I know. And I'm just like, for real, Netflix. I know. It's really sad. Everyone's getting their own streaming services, and I refuse to have 50 of them. So I guess we're at an impasse. Because then you're literally back at what you were paying for cable. Correct. In which case, then let me just pay for cable one bill and, And you know, I'll just have cable again. Oh, my God. Well, we have the Friends DVDs. I don't even have a DVD player. (laughs) You know, we found one out. You know, we have we've had them in the past, of course. So we just found one and just hooked it up. So we've Mm -hmm. been going through all of the Friends seasons on DVD, which is so funny. Yeah, nice. Very. It feels very old school. Although I remember we had season one and two of Friends on VHS tapes. Oh, <gasps> no way. We did. Yeah, they came oh in. Oh, my gosh. Blue was the first season. Red was the second season. And the DVDs are the same. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, do you want to hear a quick a quick fast fact about Friends? Yes, absolutely. So we got to the episode where Joey is jumping on the bed and he falls and he dislocates his shoulder. Okay. I don't remember that episode. Yeah, it's the one where Monica makes jam. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> um, she's broken up with Richard and she's making jam uh-huh. and then she decides to have a baby and it's a whole thing. Okay. But it starts with Joey jumping on the bed, then he falls off and he is in a sling. Yeah, I remember him being in a sling. Well, I fi- we figured like, you know, they're not going to put someone in a sling without, like, I, I wondered if it had a reason, mm-hmm. basically. Oh. So I Googled it and there's a, a, there's a show of Matt LeBlanc. He's on some talk show mm-hmm. and they asked him about it. And or he offered the information, I think, because they asked him about some kind of, you know, whatever he did. And and the episode before that is the one where no one's ready. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Ross is like running around frantic, like where the why aren't you guys ready? And they're, you know, they're having this big battle between the chair. Yeah. Which uh-huh. if people don't watch Friends, they're going to be like, I don't care. What are you so talking about? Really stop. The, the chair battle is amazing because it's when Joey goes commando. 
it's important. And there's this, there's a moment where Joey leaps over the coffee table to launch himself into the chair to claim it before Chandler can get to it. And in doing so, Matt LeBlanc fell and dislocated his, his shoulder. shoulder. <gasps> oh no! And they had they had this like special audience that had won a contest to be there, and they had to like stop filming and send everybody home and like. Oh. Yeah. So then they had to write in the character that he uh, he hurt himself so that Matt LeBlanc could heal. Oh my god. Because they were like, oh, it was a stunt issue, right? And he was like, I don't think you could call this a stunt. <laughs> Reasonably. It was not meant to suffer any kind of injury. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. He was committed to the scene. He was. That's amazing. I freaking love Friends. Me too. Yeah. So anyway, so Netflix, the worst. The worst. Very sad. I think Netflix should give Nurse Coffee Talk free Netflix for life. Oh. Just because we're who we are. You're right. <laughs> Come on, Netflix, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I have a story, a nursing story to share with you. Okay. Well, first of all, let me preclude the story with a precursor story, okay? Okay. Which is, I'm at my parents over the holiday. Well, no, it wasn't even the holidays. It was after. By the way, they're part of my social pod, everybody, so it's fine. And I'm at my parents, and... We're just talking about nursing stuff and healthcare and whatever. And my mom tells me the story about a friend of hers whose husband was in the ICU with COVID. And she was calling and was not able to get information about her husband. And she was very, or maybe it was her sister or so. I, I don't remember the exact relationship. It was somebody very close to her, but she couldn't get information about them. Mm. And it was very frustrating and she's very worried and concerned. And I, you know, I've tried to put myself in the shoes of people who don't don't know. Well, no, but just like, I know what's going on. But like, if my sister were in the hospital and you only have like one family member as a liaison and I'm not that liaison, like, you know, me trying to get information or hold a medical conversation or, you know, whatever, it would be very, very frustrating. I understand that. But nonetheless, so this lady's son is a physician in that hospital system, but not at that hospital. Okay. Or not on that unit or not something like that. So the son went into the chart. Oh, no. Yeah. And my mom's saying this and my eyes get so wide and my mouth (laughs) is like dropping to the floor. I mean, people would probably hear that and think if they're not medical, like, well, sure. Why not? You have access. Sure. I know. You know better, Dr. Sons. Yes. So he goes into the chart. He gets all the information. He relays it to mom. So then when mom is talking to the ICU nurses, she's being like, well, I know this and this and this. And they're like, how do you know all this information? And she she's like, oh, well, my son looked it up in the chart. And we know how petty nurses can be about that kind of stuff, understandably. I mean, that's not petty. That's a HIPAA violation. Like, you do not have access to get into that chart, period. The son was not a person on the case at all, had no relationship to the case, had absolutely no business being in that case except to look up information about a family member, which is, as we all know, completely a no-no. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that's petty. But anyway, so the ICU nurses filed a report, Mm -hmm. you know, about a HIPAA violation. And I looked right at her and I go, let me guess, slap on the wrist. And she was like, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. All he got was a slap on the wrist. Yeah, because he's a doctor. A nurse would have gotten fired. That's exactly what I said, too. I was like, if that was a nurse, they would have been fired. And my dad was like, 100%, you know, and he's like all riled up. (laughs) Good. Thanks, dad. Thanks for co-signing my anger about that. Yeah. 
we had just had that conversation. I was all fired up about HIPAA. And I go into work the other night and we're running double coverage. So I'm on the staffing side and somebody else is on the bedding side. And my coworker gets this phone call and I hear her talking. So somebody called my coworker and said, she, <laughs> she started the conversation with, yeah, I'm a PA at such and such hospital. Mm-hmm. Which I always laugh when people are like, I'm going to throw my weight around from the get go. I've done it, to be honest with you, when I needed an appointment for someone and it worked. Okay. Well, <sighs> it didn't this time. I mean, it but... didn't feel good when it was happening, but like it, it, needed, it needed to happen. <laughs> it didn't feel good, but it didn't I did feel it good, anyway. but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes the end does justify the means. I mean, sometimes. Anyway. So she's like, I'm a PA at such and such hospital. And I'm trying to locate my brother. He's a schizophrenic patient and he was seen in your ER and I was reading through the notes and it says that he was discharged to a psychiatric facility, but I can't find him. And I'm just trying to find out if he's like dead. I'm worried about him. I haven't heard from him in several days. And my coworker is like, well, first of all, you see that he was discharged to a psychiatric facility. So therefore, you know where he like, you know, he's safe. But also, how are you reading the notes on a chart? Mm-hmm. And she's she I didn't hear what she said. And she was my coworker says, well, that's a HIPAA violation, as you well know. And then she got really defensive and high pitched after that. Mm-hmm. Why are you calling me if you know that he was discharged to a facility? Right. Well, she was trying to get information on him. But so then they hang up. Well, it turns out she was calling from another health system, not our health system. Yeah. So she's just a PA from wherever the hell. Their system is on Epic as well. Yeah. So that means that she went into his chart, like pulled up like a patient station type deal. Yeah. Pulled up the chart, saw the encounter that he was at our hospital did a record poll, yeah. read the notes and so, from our facility, saw that he was discharged to an inpatient psychiatric facility, which we all know is a break the glass situation to get in to get information on a confidential psych chart. Mm-hmm. And then obviously didn't want to break the glass, so called us. And I'm just like, lady, you have so far crossed the line. Yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree trying to get me to do that. Oh my God. Well, so then I'm telling my coworker, I'm like, we got to file a risk report. This is ridiculous. Like I was so (laughs) fired up. You're on level 10 already before you even hear the whole story. Oh my God. I know. So I'm just like, I'm calling that other facility and I'm going to, I'm going to submit an anonymous complaint. I mean, why not? I'm going to, I haven't yet. It just happened the other day. I'm going to because that's ridiculous. Like, that is such clear HIPAA violation. Like, I mean, not even questionable. Like, no. you have no business being in your brother's chart. We had that issue a lot with one patient in particular on my um, old, old, old unit that his two daughters worked on a unit upstairs. Mm. And if they didn't have time to come see him at night or whatever before he, you know, went to sleep, they would just read the chart to see what the updates were. Ugh. And, like, it's as easy as switching your unit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If you're on, you know, unit A and he's on unit B, you're just like, boop, boop, right over to the patient list you can see. And then you're looking at the whole list of patients who you have no business looking at. Right. 
I, I don't understand. Like, I have personally not seen it, but I've heard stories. And maybe these are just urban myths. I don't know. But, like, I've heard stories about nurses who have done far less as far as HIPAA goes and just been terminated on the spot. No questions asked. I know of several people that that's happened to. You do? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not urban legend. No, it's not urban legend. Real people. Because, like, to have these types of... Like, that lady went into a chart in her hospital system, pulled the encounters from all the area hospital systems, had to pull a report to get the information Mm -hmm. to see what the notes were. Because for those who don't know, even though everyone is in the same, like, uses Epic, it's not as easy as just, like, going into the latest thing that's happened. Like, you have to Mm -hmm. do some magic to find someone from another health system you know some health systems will pull up the information will pull up pretty easily other health systems you actually have to click on a button that says pull records yeah and the place where we used to work if i want to look up an encounter there i have to do a record pull right excuse me but I mean, that is like so far crossing the line. And yeah, I'm just like, that's not even, that's not even like a questionable HIPAA. No, but she's not. a PA. So I was like, well, a doctor slap on the wrist, nurse terminated. What does a PA get? <laughs> Written up. Let's find out. I don't know. Anyway, so that was my fun story for the week. Just because you have feelings involved doesn't mean you get to break the law. I know. That's true of a lot of different things. And it's true of HIPAA. Yeah. I don't care how desperate you are for information. Not a thing. Doesn't matter. I try to be sympathetic to the fact that like, okay, if my sibling had a severe mental health illness that caused him to go missing for days on end, I would be worried about his safety 100%. But he's an adult. Like, it's not like he's 17, 18. I mean, he's, you know, this person is like a 40 year old person. Well, I guess my confusion is because she wasn't asking out of she wasn't actually asking out of safety. She knew where he was. He had been discharged to a psych facility. Yeah. So she's calling you not for that, but for what more information about that. Well, then you can request if you're his DPOA or whatever, you can do the formal request for medical records. Right. You just don't want to wait. Right. Now, it's one thing to say, I don't know where he is. I'm calling around. You know how people say, like, I'm calling the hospitals and the jails, basically, you know, to find out, like, when someone's genuinely missing, like, before I call the police, let me call and see if I can find them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because for those who don't know, this is per my mother, the lawyer, your physical presence in the hospital is not HIPAA. Oh, that's good to know. So you, like, and that's where people get real, it gets real dodgy where people, like, now, if you yeah. don't, if you want to be totally private and have no one know, that's a special situation that you well, right? You register as confidential, yeah. yeah. But your mm-hmm. physical presence in the hospital is not confidential, technically. But so, is it on a psych unit though? Probably, probably. Because when we admit people to our psych unit, they become confidential patients. Yeah, so that's an automatic thing. I think almost always. Yeah. But in terms of like, people can call an operator and say, "I have this patient, Joe Schmo." date of birth 1180 mm-hmm. and they can say yes he's here but they don't and they and maybe some places they can give out where they are i don't know if that's true or not operators like will connect you to their room number yeah yeah they'll connect you right to the room so but they can't get like that's why we have patients sign off like who is allowed to get information because right we can't give you information but you're they can know that you're in the hospital unless you really don't want that for some reason so mm-hmm. just so people know like 
this woman, she could have called to say, like, is he there? And you could have looked him up and said yes or no if he was not a, listed as a confidential patient. But mm. um, that's the, only the information she would have gotten out of you. Like, what is it that you want? He's not here. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you that he was. I can't tell you anyth- anything about it. Okay, but let's dig a little deeper into that. So, okay, let's... I, I honestly, I don't know if the patient was in our facility, in our psych area or not. Mm-hmm. But let's say he was in our psych facility. As a confidential patient, I can't say, yes, he's in our psych facility. Or, yeah. like, I can't say, yes, he's here, because if she calls, they're going to be like, we don't have anybody here by that name. Yeah. Which sucks. Because if you're, if you're afraid he's dead in a ditch and you're trying to figure out, and lo and behold, he's been safe on a unit, I mean, you would hope. Yeah. But if he's out, if he's not in a place where he can be clear, although you'd think that she'd be listed as an emergency contact, but if he's not in a place where he can be clear about who should be called or not Mm -hmm. then yeah unfortunately that may be the case i'd have to ask my friend who's a psych nurse what their policy is with contacting family if someone gets admitted involuntarily Mm -hmm. stay tuned put a pin in it i'm gonna write it down put it on our pin list put it on the pin list not to be pinterest our our pinterest list (laughs) nurse coffee talk pinterest what an ingenious name Should we have little pins that are like little enamel pins shaped like push pins that say put a pin in it? Absolutely. All right, Sarah, you, my friend, have been busy beaver on social media. Oh, yes. You got some updates for us, polls and the whatnots. Some of them are from several episodes ago. Sorry. (laughs) Sarah's the worst. (laughs) Well, we recorded a few last time and I hadn't done them yet. So we're a little behind. So sorry, everybody. Nothing like starting out the new year behind. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Turns out 2021 is not much different than 2020 as we expected. (laughs) So we had been talking about if you were... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I tell you something real quick? Yes. So you know how my annoyance with the people posting their COVID vaccinations. Yes. It's so stupid. It's everybody. So everybody has started posting their round two now. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, I have to hear from you again. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is whether or not they had symptoms. Oh, I'm getting a lot of people that have had symptoms from the second round. You are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me yep. too. I feel like I'm right there with them getting getting to hear all about their headache yep okay so we had been talking about if you were admitted to your hospital to your unit oh yeah and were assigned a nurse who you either didn't like or didn't trust or didn't think was a good nurse right would you speak up about it beforehand and say you don't want that nurse Uh uh-huh or would you hold off and wait to see if potentially something give them a chance yeah yeah i really want to know what the people say yes so the question is if you were a patient admitted to your unit, would you speak up if you got an RN you didn't trust or like? 65% said yes, they would say something. Okay. All right. 35% said no, they would not. Wow. We have a generous audience. Maybe we convinced them one way or another. 35% you felt like was generous? Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because, you know, after our talk, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe. I Did anybody leave comments about it or did they just say yes or no one woman said yes slash no being a healthcare worker yes i'd say something but only if i came across another nurse i wouldn't necessarily seek one out depending on the situation oh okay so to me that's no you wouldn't immediately speak up but you would say something if the opportunity arose yeah i guess she means like i'm not gonna call my manager and be like i don't want this nurse yeah but if another nurse came in to say hi maybe be like i don't want this check yeah she was like hey can you swap my assignment which 
on paper, and that's kind of how I felt too, but on paper that feels passive aggressive. But in reality, yeah. the nuance of having to work with another person, it's like, I don't need her to know that I, t- I'm, assuming, I'm just saying her for the sake of it. Sure. You know, I don't need her them to know that I don't like them because now I have to go back to work and work with them with that like awkwardness yeah. and people are childish and petty and whatever. So like, if you can just not just subtly change the assignment so that like tomorrow when yeah. she's back, I don't get her again. Now, people yeah. who are weird are going to, you know, make it into a thing. Oh, did she ask for me not to have me back? Like, what happened? Okay, well, then we can have a conversation, but I don't need to necessarily borrow trouble. Borrow trouble? Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Circa 1852. Listen, it's a good <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Hurt you. It's a good <laughs> phrase. Okay. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay, my next question was, if you were admitted as a patient to your hospital, would you rather be on your home unit or on another unit that you didn't work on? Okay, the people say? People say 57% say they'd rather be off their unit. 43% on. Interesting, but kind of split. But kind of split. Almost 50-50. Yeah. Okay. There's pros and cons, We like we talked about. Pros and cons. It probably depends on what you're being admitted for, too. Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right. Because, yeah, if I break my leg, sure. Fuck it. Yeah. You can come take care of Although, me. Although, except, except, except you're like, pants. can you wipe my butt? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Something else. You're like in traction and you're like, uh. <laughs> God. <laughs> Don't let me get a bed sore. Oh, I'm God. only Turn 29. <laughs> I know. Nurse, nurse. Nurse. Oh, my gosh. So last night I'm at work. And we have our printer prints in like a supply closet that's next to our office, but you have to physically walk out of the office and enter a code to get into the other room. And in there, there's this hutch and it has all these different supplies in it. And I don't really pay much attention to it at all. Uh, I never have to go in there. And so my coworker last night She's like, did you know that that drawer is full of cowbells? And I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, yeah, the whole drawer is filled with like hundreds of cowbells. And I was like, for what purpose? She's like, I don't know. I think it's if the call aid system goes out, we're supposed to pass them out. And I was like, oh, I was like, that cannot be. Oh my God! Can you imagine four in the morning, all these cowbells ringing? Oh my like, God! It would wake up everybody. Oh my God! And you would have no idea where it was coming from. I know you'd be like, "Oh, which which hallway?" I'd literally rather give a number of my cell phone to text me if they need something than have a cowbell ringing. Oh my God! I know. I was like taken back to like the early 1900s, and also like to every like rich fancy sitcom ever where they're ringing bells a tingly bell noise oh my god yeah but these were like deeper cowbells so they were like and you're like oh i don't want to hear that at two o'clock i don't want to hear that any time of the day let's do a poll or something about people that find random things on their unit like when i remember when we were in i think it was peds clinical and in the supply closet is just a whole shelf of vibrators. What? And allegedly, they use them in babies' cribs to be, to like lull them to sleep. No, no, that's not appropriate. Or maybe it was for percussion. I don't, I don't know. No, like, okay. First of all, I promise you they were real vibrators. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. They actually make like baby stuff. Of course they do. Of course they do. That cannot be. Like what? No. Well, then tell me why they were there. I have. Oh, my gosh. 
That cannot be. Could you imagine having a newborn baby and you walk and you walk up and like see a vibrator in your baby's crib? Like, no. Come on. I'm googling why they're used. I mean, were they shaped like penises or peni? If you no, will? but they were shaped like back massagers. I guess is what they would technically call it, where it has like. Oh, isn't that like buzz? That's buzzy. They, I don't think they were. I mean, I don't know what they were called. This was a long time ago. Well, buzzy is um, it is a vibrating thing, and it's used. I know to that they disrupt- use vibrating things on children, but I'm telling you, these were vibrators. Like they looked exactly like vibrators. Okay, but they weren't vibrators. They were listed as vibrators on the shelf. <laughs> But they're not, like, sexual vibrators. Well, my friend took one and she used it as one, so I guess what difference well, does it make at that point? Technically, back massagers aren't back massagers until you use one like that. Like, they're all they're all marketed like that because people are afraid of sexuality, but, like, that's what they're used for. I'm, I'm dying. I, can't, I laughed so hard. She was like, oh, yeah, I took one. A thousand percent. The funny thing is, like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he? We take batteries. I mean, because it's not right to steal from the hospital. That's why we don't do it. But okay, but we've all clarification. All right, Sarah's friend used them as sexual vibrators, and certainly anything that's vibrating could be used as a sexual vibrator. However, let's be clear: Buzzy is used as but Buzzy shaped like a little bee. Well, okay, that's the that's the official this was a like long name wand vibrating wand. <laughs> what? I'm just <laughs> I'll have to find a picture. <laughs> This was not small. I'm telling you, this was a vibrator. This is real. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but I'm sh- <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving I on. I don't I don't know how that's it. That's the end of our show. We can't move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. We're adults. Oh my god. No, but I'm just like I'm flabbergasted. I the, I need more information about this because like it means I I was gonna say it'd be different if it was an adult unit, but it wouldn't. Like it would because I can see that there's there's indications for the little baby. Okay, someone on Peds who listens, please, because we don't work with pediatrics that much. I know we have pediatric listeners because some of you have written in. Please tell me if you have some kind of vibration, whatever that may or may not be a vibrator, that may or may not be used as a vibrator, and tell us what it's used <laughs> for and what they look like, and if you can send a picture, please and thank you. <laughs> Yes, and if it's a long wand, wand, I'm going to need to know what you use it for. Because I understand the mechanism of a buzzy or a buzzy type thing. But, like, the long wand would not be used as buzzy. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I need more information. Okay, call to action. <sighs> Put a pin in it. <laughs> All right, next cue. How do you feel about C-suite staff, such as CEOs, CNOs, etc.? Oh, yeah. Getting the vaccine early in the process specifically before other frontline workers get it. Mm -hmm. And my choices that I gave were it sets a good example Mm -hmm. or it was inappropriate. Okay. 91% said inappropriate. Oh, rock on people. Okay. And then I spoke to a few listeners about it. Also, it was funny because one of them I was, when I was messaging back, this is just for you, Jamie. He was like, it's so funny. I'm listening to you right now. And now I'm talking to you. (laughs) 
which is what my friends say when they're like, I don't need to call you on the phone because I'm listening to you speak right now. And I'm like, no, I still <laughs> want to talk on the phone. You're like, that's such a one-sided. One-sided experience. My neighbor's like, I talk to you all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So one commenter was uh, said, this is not cool. However, I did see a similar post on a friend's Facebook and someone had a good point that seeing higher ups getting the vaccine could encourage followers to do the same, which is what I meant by it sets a good example in terms of them saying, I'm not asking you to get something that I wouldn't get myself. Right. And I'm going to lead the pack here by saying like, I trust this and I'm going to go get this. Yeah. But I really like how your infectious disease doctor, who's also like your CEO or whatever handled it, who was like, look, I 100% will get this. I will recommend it to my family. My wife and my children will get it when mm-hmm. it's available to them. But... But we're going to vaccinate the people that need to get it first. Right. I mean, that's... To me, that's the, like, optimal way to handle it. Yeah, that's, it, like, so. the middle ground between the two extremes. Yeah, for sure. Um, another viewer... Or not viewer. Another listener said, Never once have the CEOs of my hospital stepped foot onto the COVID areas and worked from home the entire pandemic. But guess who were the very first to get the shots when they arrived? Yep. The work from home CEO. Absolute slap in the face. Yep. Hundred percent. So I asked, do you feel that it helps set the example of we won't ask our employees to get something we wouldn't get ourselves? Or did it feel self-preserving? He said they pass it off as the, see, if we think it's okay to get it, then you should feel comfortable with it. But it doesn't take an idiot to know the real motivation. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what's true about it or not, that's the perception of it. And that's the perception from your staff. Now, would I say that I need the CEO traipsing around the COVID unit? I guess not. No. I mean, I think if you're going to go on and on in various emails and town halls and shit about how you appreciate frontline workers and you know how hard they're working in X, Y, and Z, like the boots on the ground people need your support more than they ever have before. So like you can show up a little bit for them mm-hmm. and getting the vaccine before them is not the way to do that. Right. Well, you know, I don't think that we have any CEOs listening to us, so I don't think it really matters. Well, that's a good point, yes. But maybe a future CEO. Maybe. All right, all you future CEOs out there. Don't forget where you came from. Just remember the boots on the ground, people. All right. (laughs) All right. What else you got? That's all. Those are my polls. Oh, good, because I was thinking, whew, we're getting long. I know. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Not unlike the vibrator. but I'm Oh my god, I'm full of them today. Not vibrators. <laughs> I'm full of vibrators today. <laughs> All right, well, listen, on that note, oh my god, our sponsor's going to be like, really? You want me to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> if they cater to healthcare staff, they have to know that this is just the normal progression of conversation. Absolutely. We'll talk about a HIPAA Let's... violation. We'll, t- we'll talk about a would you rather, whether it's appropriate or not. We'll talk about sex and vibrators, and then we're going to launch into some medical supplies that we need. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll take a minute for our sponsor. (laughs) Kim Cap's premier scrub cap company was started by a surgical nurse who was frustrated by feeling uncomfortable and ugly in the disposable fiberglass hats at work. 16 years later, thousands of happy customers worldwide stay cute and comfortable all shift long with her affordable signature creations. No matter how many layers of PPE you wear, you can still express yourself with 11 different styles and dozens of constantly updating choices at KimCaps.com. Nurse Coffee Talk listeners get an exclusive coupon code for 20% off your favorite KimCap and free shipping if you add a second cap to your order. Simply enter the code NURSE at checkout. That's KimCaps.com. Code NURSE. Their little caps are real cute. Aren't they? Mm-hmm. 11 designs. All right. Thanks for listening to our sponsor. We really 
we just love the Kim Caps. So go out and buy some Kim Caps. Yeah. Normally, this would be the time where we would break into our topic, but we've gotten quite a few emails about the last topics. And so I just want to do some housekeeping today Mm -hmm. and touch base. All right. I have an email here from I. Hi, I. Hi, I. I says, good brunch. Love your podcast. Love your humor. Love you too for your real nurse talk. Thank you. Aw, thank you, I. Mm. We love you too. I says, this is in response to end of life care, which I love. Mm-hmm. I've worked in hospice for about five years now and have come across quite a few religious cultural rituals that were out of the ordinary. Here is one that I will never forget. We had a Hmong elder who had died at home. He was on hospice for maybe a day. So I was not forewarned about their wishes. Due to their customs, the family needed the deceased to stay in the home for about 10 days. And then she has an emoji with really big eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah, 10 days. Stinky. It says to allow other family members to travel and see him. Family also wanted to ensure that I did no post-mortem care. That was to be handled by his children. The clothes were set out on top of him. And it was a bright red sequence garment that looked kind of like a beautiful detailed nightgown or dress, along with some hemp type booties. So much incense in the room. Mm. It was all very new to me and a bit shocking. I had to confirm the death, but family was upset that I would be touching him in order to do that. I was able to respectfully manage that. I was respectful to their culture and customs throughout the process, but I still think about that little old man lying in bed where he would be for 10 days and a dress draped over him. Such a strange experience. Just thought I'd share. Cheers. Wow. I know. Interesting. Do you think the incense was to help with the smell of the decay? Maybe. Although I feel like it probably has to do with like Some the, of the smoke stuff carrying his spirit yeah, and sure. things like that. But, uh, but double purpose. But sure. Multi-use. <laughs> but also though, like if somebody dies and they're actually like kind of being cared for, do you get a death smell? Yeah. Because what kind of care are they doing? Are they washing it? I, I mean, don't Even if they're washing his body every day, it's still going to fill up with gases and decaying is still going to happen. Okay. I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I thanks for sharing that. That's very interesting. Yes, that's a good one. I know. It's not, you don't run across Hmong culture very often in the States. So thank you. Me too. But it does sound like a beautiful ritual though and things Mm -hmm. like that other than the 10 days. Well, interesting. That makes sense that they wouldn't want her touching them to confirm death. But of course we have to when you're officially in a medical hospice arrangement as opposed to just dying at home without that, you know, or more organically, I suppose. But yeah, like medically, I do have to, I do have to clear it. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to this one, I kind of hate to end the podcast on this note because, because I, um, I don't know, maybe we'll have some positive things to say. We'll say, okay, this message is from E. E. Hi, E. Hi, Jamie and Sarah. I absolutely love your guys' podcast and love how honest you are about nursing subjects. Not to mention your stories are really freaking funny and make my early morning (laughs) drives bearable. Love it. Thanks, E. So glad we can entertain. I was hoping I could get your advice on remaining positive in the nursing field. I've just started nursing school, but I've been working for the past year as a CNA in a skilled nursing facility. I've kept my head down and tried to be as nice as possible, and I really do enjoy my job. But some nurses and other CNAs are just so crusty and mean towards everyone. Can I just... 
say I that love I love the, the word use crusty of her, for that. crusty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of, are you going to get a SpongeBob reference if I make one? No. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> you, you can make one. Crusty crab pizza is a pizza for you and me. <laughs> I know who Krusty Krab is. <laughs> All right. Someone was always upset and complaining and starting drama with somebody else. And I'm just wondering if this is just what my future looks like. How do you remain positive when your coworkers aren't and are all units so emotionally charged like mine? Much love, E. Oh, woofy. Um, I know. So I am sure that there are that are better managed, but I think in general, we've found from our own anecdotal evidence and then stories that people have shared that it, it seems like a lot of them are emotionally charged. Wait, when you say a lot of them, you're talking Sorry. skilled nursing facilities. Are you talking just, oh, just nursing talking units, units in general? Just like nursing units. Okay. I don't know specifically about sniffs. I don't know. Okay. But that being said... You, we do tend to talk to one another about the things that are tend to talk about more negative things because that's the nature of humanity in a lot of ways is we want to complain to one another and misery loves company and things like that. But then, you know, the good things maybe we don't mention as much because they're just good and they're just normal and that's what you want things to be. But and to that point, it's really hard not to get sucked in. It is, which is why it's harmful for the for the culture of the unit, because it really is difficult to not get sucked into the complaining nature of it and can feel isolating when you don't want to participate in that kind of conversation with people. Do you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yes, I have definitely more to say than that. Well, let me comment first. The question she starts with is, I'm just wondering if this is just what my future looks like. And the answer is no. No, it's not. It's not. Now, I have never worked in a skilled nursing facility. But I will say my understanding of how they operate is maybe one nurse for like 30 patients. Oh, more than that, I bet. And so the CNAs are the ones like doing all the care and the ratios are 100% way too high. And I think it sets everybody up for a terrible work environment. Yeah. Period. Underpaid, overworked. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, that's all nursing is overworked, underpaid, right? But Mm -hmm. I think it's... It's better in the hospitals than at skilled oh, nursing facilities, sure. but yeah. I've never worked at a skilled nursing facility. So that's just my perception. It's not like I can't attest to that. But the other thing I will say is that every facility you go to is different. Every unit you go to is different. So just because this is what it is one place does not necessarily mean that's what it is other places. Now, what you're talking about is an entire culture of the facility. And I would say, in agreement with Sarah, that everywhere you go, you will find people that cause drama, you will find people that are negative, and you will find cliques. Yes. But just as in high school, there's kind of like groups for everybody for the most part so like yeah you don't have to participate in it it's a choice yeah you can find your own people in that unit like you don't have to be part of the drama starters you don't have to be part of the negative nancies you can find your people that you become real i mean honestly i look back on my old er unit which in which i felt really bullied but let me tell you there's a group of probably seven or eight of them that literally have become lifelong friends. They've worked together for 20 years. They are all in each other's weddings and Mm -hmm. they're all involved in their children's lives. And they're still 
great friends to this day. I mean, you can, you will meet some of your best friends Mm -hmm. nursing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where I found a lot of my very, very close friends. That's where Sarah and I found each other. That's where we found each other. So, it is, no, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, no. you will always have people that are negative and you will always have people that start drama. But you that doesn't mean you have to be a part of that. And that doesn't mean that's all there is. And I also think that people who are really miserable, well, this is maybe silly, but to, if you are someone who wants to go in and kind of revolt against that and start to set your own culture people Mm -hmm. will follow because no Mm -hmm. one wants to be a part of now there are people like you said the the crusty ones Mm -hmm. maybe they'll never change there's a lot of layers to why they may be how they are especially if it's been like that for a long time but there's an ability to impact change from individuals changing their own behavior be the light be the light be the change you wish to see in the world i mean it's so true it's a cliche for a reason it absolutely is and if you go into a unit and you are like i'll tell you if (laughs) this is the secret to making friends as a nurse i swear to god well maybe not friends but having a good relationship is totally being a yes person and I hate to say that because that's not who I am, but I also don't get along with a lot of people at work. <laughs> so <laughs> explain more what you mean about being a yes person. But it, so what I mean is like, be the person who's like, yes, I can help you turn your patient. Yes, I can answer your call light. Yeah. Yes, I can assist your patient to the bathroom. It's not my patient. Yes, I can help my aide do their work. Yes, I can do my own aide work because it's my patient. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. Yes, I can be flexible. Yes, I can take that admit. Yes, Mm -hmm. let me help you with a discharge. Yes, I'll give up a patient to take an admit for that new person that's coming in. Um, Yes, I'll take the total care patient. It's it's a really tricky situation because you you don't want to be somebody that gets walked all over, but I will tell you, if you're you're a flexible person with a positive attitude, everybody will like you. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's just that that is the game to play. Yeah, I agree completely. If you're like, no, that's a bunch of crap. I'm not doing that. I don't know. Like you will become the negative person on your unit. Not my job. No, don't be like that. Yeah. I, I highly encourage all nurses to never say that's not my job. Correct. That will never hold up against anything real unless you're actually saying like no doctor i cannot order that that's not my job right (laughs) but to a patient don't say that well yeah but i mean also like to cnas i mean you're a cna obviously you know you have a huge advantage going into nursing like you know how to treat a CNA. Like, you know, as a CNA, you're an extension of the team. You are not below somebody else, you know? So when you're a nurse, always remember that. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely perform all your CNA duties on all of your patients. And guess what? Your CNAs will recognize that and they'll help you more. Mm -hmm. I will always, if my patient is wet, Like, a lot of times I can't do it myself because I need help. I'll ask my aides. I'll be like, hey, man, 
this patient really needs to get cleaned up. Can we tag team? I never send them in without me. Oh, no, never. Team sport, I'm telling you. And ultimately, you're responsible for the patient. Absolutely. And it's a great time to assess them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, no. So, no. In response, no, this is not the future that you're doomed to. No, nursing is not all doom and gloom. Are there problems with nursing? Yes, we've highlighted them for over a year now. There's lots of problems with nursing, but we can solve them. We can be solution-oriented. We can be team players. We can be positive. We can bring a whole different vibe to the unit. You can make lifelong friends on your nursing unit. You can have a lot of fun while you work. I mean, I have had a lot of fun working. Oh my God, yes. Work is so fun. Yeah. I mean, work can be very, very fun too. Obviously, we've in, you've enjoyed our stories. Well, those come from working. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm so glad you wrote in and I love that you're going to nursing school. I love that you have your CNA background. Honestly, I think you need to go get a job in a hospital and be a CNA in a hospital. I agree. I think you need to get out of the doom and gloom of your facility. Yeah, there's lots of other places out there and you can, you have experience, they'll hire you on the spot. Yeah. I was just talking to someone. This will be quick. I also have some stories to share for uh, real quick stories if we want to end on that too. We have a, we have a couple minutes. But I have a, a friend who he's in academia and due to the nature of his work visas he's not able to change jobs okay and he is miserable he hates his job he hates his co-workers he hates how hard like he has to work so hard for nothing i mean this is this is his version of it of course but regardless this is how he feels right and he just is miserable and there's no end in sight and there's really other than leaving the country, nothing he can really do. And though I feel my heart aches for him because that's horrible, Mm -hmm. it did give me a moment of like what my mom has always said to me. You are only as stuck as you allow yourself to be. Yeah, sure. We live in a land of opportunity in many ways. And I come from a place of of privilege being able to say that. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I need to tap into that if that's the, the case. Like there's no reason for me to be miserable at work. There are other options. Absolutely. So not to say people should be job hunting every three months because there is an adjustment period with with work and with jobs. But Mm -hmm. if you're miserable in your culture, you don't have to stay there. Right. You don't. Especially now that we're in an age where you're not rewarded for staying with a company for 50 years. No, not at all. Uh -uh. We're out of that phase now where it's pensions and all these, you know, retirement plans and things like that. Although I will say, though, the longer you're with a place the faster your PTO accrual rate is. That's true. <laughs> if nothing else. So, so like some of my coworkers, they earn a shift every pay period. And I'm like, you assholes. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Also, the more I talk to people who are not in medicine and I hear about all the PTO that they get, I just want to vomit. It's just so annoying. Uh. Oh, God, I know. All right, well, listen, on that note, I got to get going because... Okay, do you want to hear the stories real quick? No, you were going to have to save them. Okay, we're going to do it next time. Because it's 7.06 and I got to okay. go. Love you, bye. <laughs> well, we're going to sign off to people. <laughs> Imagine that's how we ended it. We were like, okay, goodbye. We just hung up the phone. It <laughs> just hung up. <laughs> Honestly, I think people would like it. They'd be like, okay, bye. I'm, right. I'm at work anyway. Goodbye.
Yeah, bye. <laughs> All right, on that note, guys, we love you. You guys have a beautiful week. Make sure you check out our sponsor, Kim Caps. Use code NURSE so that they know you're coming from our uh, podcast and then they give us more money. Okay? <laughs> and they give you money off. It's worth it for you, too. Yeah, I know. 20% plus if you get two or more, you get free shipping. So we need them. Anywho. We need yeah, them. absolutely. And plus they're super cute. So what yeah. else? All right. Love you guys. Have a beautiful week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.